0: Hello everyone. Uh, This is another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories. Uh, This will be episode, officially episode one. Uh, I am Big Reed and I am your host slash Rambler who will be talking today about uh, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and in particular Nintendo's decision to use the cell shading art style. Uh, and you might be thinking to yourself, holy smokes, are we back at the gameplay versus graphics uh, discussion, which has basically, <laughs> I don't want to say like plagued the gaming industry, um, but man, that's like a tell as old as time. Uh, that is one of like the biggest topics that I recall, you know, like on the schoolyard or at recess that everyone was discussing, you know, like, well, <laughs> look at the graphics, they're amazing. Um, but uh, I think there's a little bit of history here with the Nintendo's decision to use a cell shaded art style. So uh, you could say cartoony. I don't like using that uh, term necessarily. I, I will in a second here to kind of differentiate the two. So the cell shaded it's just like beautiful colors, looks like a painting, um, you know, like you there's not a lot of borders, <clears throat> which I think is kind of like interesting as well with the, the, the art style. Uh, And the cartoony aspects kind of come from, you know, Link and a lot of the other characters uh, having non-realistic, like, body types. Like, for example, Link is, like, three feet tall and has, like, a huge watermelon head. (laughs) Uh, But I think some context is kind of important here. And, you know, years and years ago, and the reason why I wanted to have this discussion, uh, years ago when, you know... I watched this game release and I was excited for it. Cause I've always loved the legend of Zelda. Nintendo's never disappointed. The games are always pretty much amazing. Um, however, I remember watching it release and you have the Xbox out there, you have the PlayStation out there. <clears throat> and at the time the focus was on your more realistic games, your open world games, a lot of shooting, you know, grand theft auto halo, like, you know, they were just like wildly, you know, popular. Um, but these types of games, and then Nintendo launches one of their biggest IPs, and you know when they showcase it to the world, you see the cartoony or the cel-shaded graphics, and it gave everyone pause, because I, I distinctly remember the feeling of that time. Maybe not the majority, but I don't know, it really felt like the majority was like, oh my gosh, this looks like a cartoon, this looks terrible, how could they do this to The Legend of Zelda, like, oh my goodness. Now to give you more retrospect and more perspective, the reason I think that this was so jarring and wild to see was in 2000, Nintendo, it might have been Space World, I believe it was like an E3 type event. Um, They released a tech demo of the GameCube's like graphical capabilities. So like it's processing power. So here's a tech demo of a bunch of games kind of running on this. And you can even look this up yourself because I feel like it gives so much perspective on why, at the time, people might have been a little shocked to see the cel-shaded, you know, artistic style. Uh, but, you know, they showed a tech demo <clears throat> of The Legend of Zelda running on the GameCube hardware, right? And it was awesome. <laughs> uh, I, there's no other way to put it. Like, if you Google this, sadly, I think on YouTube, um, it didn't really survive. Um, like the HD upscaling, it's pretty hard to find like an HD version of it, um, so you'll kind of have to, like, you know, it'll be a little blurry, but this tech demo, you have Ganondorf all in his, like, 3D, you know, you know upgraded graphics glory from Ocarina of Time, and then you have uh, Link fighting, you know, sword to sword, and all of a sudden, um, they're kind of, like, squaring off, and Ganondorf, you know, gives him, like, the come here, like, bring it on gesture with his hand, and... Link's like, holy smokes, he throws his shield down, and he's holding the Master Sword, and he you know double grips the Master Sword, and they, you know, smash swords together. Ah, oh, it gives me goosebumps just thinking of it. But it was more so in your realistic, you know, style. Now, one thing that I, I will say, during the Nintendo uh, 64, and maybe even a little bit like after that, because you have to realize, like, in 2000... The Nintendo 64 was still uh, Nintendo's main piece of hardware, so that was their home hardware. And while you got these amazing 3D worlds, you didn't see a lot of like realistic like color patterns and uh, things like that yet. So, for example, <clears throat> you know Mario 64, um, or I'll use a better example: The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Like you, you would have your sections where it's like you know gray, like Adult Link, where it's like gray, gloomy, etc. But you go out in the field and there's a lot of green. Like Link's tunic is just straight green. There's not a lot of like detail on it and everything like that. Um, you know, he he actually, when you look back, I feel like it looks more cartoony than uh, <laughs> Wind Waker does. Um, but coming off of, you know, that game expectations were high and coming off of that tech demo. Holy smokes, you know, expectations were just like through the roof for what Zelda could potentially look like. And in the tech demo, uh, it looked more like what Ocarina of Time would be if you designed it on the GameCube as opposed to designing it on the Nintendo 64. So, cue to the Wind Waker. You know, reveal basically. Um, it would, oh man, the reception at the time, it's like so depressing to think about, but I, I do really feel like this is kind of like a lost memory in uh gaming because it's like you check the Wikipedia or you try to like Google articles, like it's a complete 180 on how the gaming industry and the fans, and Zelda fans, and Nintendo fans, just video gamers in general, how they view Wind Waker now. Like everybody looks back on it fondly and they're like, wow, the graphics actually for the time, you know, really aged well. Like you, you can take Wind Waker uh, as like one of the examples of like when you create an art style um, that's built to last, like that's the experience that you get. Like you can go back and play Wind Waker now. And honestly, the the graphical style is interesting, but it holds up. It still looks really good for, you know, a game that came out in, geez, I want to say like 2003. But it, one of the things that kind of like, spawned this thought process is seeing how wind waker was viewed at the time versus how everybody views it now has been one of those things that has been like shocking to me um so i am i've been gaming for you know 30 30 plus years or so basically as soon as i could hold a controller you know I, i was actually playing zelda playing mario on the nes um but seeing the perspective do a complete 180 on something is I shouldn't say simple or silly but it's just the art style like people weren't even talking about the gameplay you know the dungeon setup at the point it was like i, I it looks like a cartoon i don't like it and here's the shocking thing that kind of happened with this as well so you take a look at The Legend of Zelda sales and, and up until recently, so the past like five years or so, The Legend of Zelda has always been like one of Nintendo's main intellectual properties. So you could argue Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, uh, the ownership of Pokemon's a little kind of goofy, but, you know, definitely Mario and Zelda, number one and number two, not only in terms of like quality, but in terms of um, the, uh, the gaming industry's reception of them and you know how well the games are received and reviewed, but also sales as well. So you take uh, Ocarina of Time, and hopefully I'm saying this right. That'd be hilarious to record an entire podcast and say Ocarina wrong. Uh, That's how I've always said it, though. It's like one of those things you don't think about too much. But you take a look at Ocarina of Time, and it sold almost 8 million copies, which, you know, at the time, that was by far, like, the best-selling Legend of Zelda game, you know, up until that point. Majora's Mask half those sales, right? So like over 3 million copies, which is kind of surprising because it's like a grittier version of Ocarina of Time. Um, You know, has kind of like a darker art style and art direction, uh, but sold a lot less. Um, You can kind of argue which game you think is better. I know which one I pick. (laughs) Um, But then on the heels of that, you have Wind Waker, you know, which also sold, I wanted to say, like 3.5 million copies or so. So when you take a look at that, And you take a look at the initial reception and you take a look at the overall, you know, Nintendo GameCube sales. So you can kind of look back at Nintendo's history and see a turning point, not only in the Legend of Zelda series, but also in, you know, their actual home hardware. It it was a very Nintendo has a very up and down relationship with sales. They're on top of the world right now. The Nintendo Switch is just blowing up. Every time they release a game, it's like thirty million copies. You know, it's absolutely crazy now. But at the time, you know, you have an Xbox launching, so you have a third competitor now that Sega's out. So instead of having four, you have a third competitor. Um, you know, coming out into the hardware market, and at the end of the day, you know, it's going to gobble up the sales of your hardware unless you either differentiate, you know, somehow or. Um, you know, you make a lot of, you know, great software basically, which has always been kind of Nintendo's MO, but saying all of that, you see a pretty drastic decline in their home hardware sales. And if you go from, you know, Ocarina of Time, which a lot of people thought Wind Waker was going to be like a a rebirth of, or a continuation of, which story-wise you can kind of debate that. Um, but you also see half the sales as well. So the initial reception of something as silly as, you know, an art direction that they chose, which ended up aging very well, um, you know, kind of mirrored what you saw with the hardware cells of the system. So it was a really weird time being a Legend of Zelda fan when you kind of see that happen because you're coming off the heels of the Nintendo 64 and everybody and their brother, you know, (laughs) anybody that had a 64, you had to have, you know, ocarina of time in your collection that was like just a requirement absolutely phenomenal game you can still argue that it's the greatest game of all time um i kind of you know i have my opinions Uh, i do think it's one of the greatest games i've ever played but i kind of understand where people come from with other experiences even more modern ones as well but with this choice in the art direction after showcasing a demo which Looks basically like Ocarina of Time if it was designed with the GameCube hardware. The gaming community didn't take it well. And it, here's the thing. It wasn't just, you know, the message boards. So being on GameFAQs and, <laughs> you know, kind of arguing with everybody back in the day, which I still have my GameFAQs account. And I, I was a moderator there briefly uh, for a little bit. Um, but it wasn't even just the community because it's a, it's a little bit, you know, more understanding Um, seeing people's reactions kind of off the cuff now, like social media, everybody kind of, you know, jumps in and they'll give their, their opinion on it. It wasn't even there. It was actually on, uh, the professional side. So, you know, IGN.com, you know, gamespot.com, uh, game informer, I, I think even game informer, um, either the magazine or the website. I can't remember if they had a website then. But I remember IGN was a big player there. And just in general, the critical response and reception to it was really mixed. You know, you have, it, it was pretty much impossible to not acknowledge the fact of how the art style really was the number one thing that you noticed. So you take a look at the game and you see the first impression. That's what everyone was feeling at the time. It really felt like the majority. It was one of those things where I I don't know if this is still happening, (laughs) but the old console wars, um, I don't know if it's happening as much, but, you know, you're you're on the schoolyard or you're at school and it's like, you know, hey, I have a GameCube. You could have multiple, but, you know, generally, uh, (laughs) you know, myself and the other nerds were like, you know, I prefer the PlayStation. I prefer the GameCube. Um, I love my GameCube and it's like one of probably one of my favorite consoles ever. But just seeing that game and then having everybody just be like, ah, it looks like a cartoon, that's totally lame, you know, and maybe more colorful language, was just a difficult time. Because it's like, no, like, <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> argue a silly opinion like that, um, you know, when that's kind of happening. Uh, and it's it's a shame because at the time, I do feel like this the cell shading art style took took away from how amazing of a game it actually is as well so the the main takeaway just with the art direction itself is i feel like it's just been forgotten of how negatively wind waker was received at the time based upon how it looked um it was just and i i can understand why because with that tech demo um you know nintendo's kind of building up hey this is like our concept of Zelda. This is gonna, you know, what you expect to see, and then you see something entirely different. Um, so I understand that. Like I can, I can kind of understand like your expectations are maybe a little high, coming off of seeing a tech demo and seeing like how awesome the GameCube hardware looked at the time. But the flip side is. Not giving a game a chance or you know, seeing a decline in sales not only because your install base of the GameCube hardware in terms of sales was significantly lower than the 64, also mixed with the critical reception of the art direction of that you took and you completed this game. Like at the end of the day, by the time you know, they actually had Wind Waker, it was probably like by the time they showed it, I mean, I mean, uh, geez, it was it's probably been in development for years. Uh, they could have been working on it since the you know, uh since uh what were they called the dolphin i think the nintendo gamecube i think it was called the dolphin was it's like uh, secret name before it launched but you have they they had probably been like tweaking those graphics and designing that game for years before it was even shown so it's not like you can back up and, and changing an art direction of a game that you've already basically created is just not something feasible so you know at the end of the day Nintendo kind of had to jump in front of the narrative as best as they could and really showcase the gameplay, showcase, you know, how everything looks. And honestly, kind of the more that you saw in uh, like the goofy faces that Link makes uh, in Wind Waker <laughs> just kind of, you know, met with you have your cel-shaded art direction. That's the one part. And then you have like the style they actually use where you could say like maybe it's a little cartoony because of the non-realistic like body types. The head size is like, you know, Link's got a big old watermelon head. (laughs) It was just the perfect storm. Mixed with the GameCube not selling well, mixed with you know Microsoft buying their way into the the, <laughs> the hardware market, uh, that that'll be another topic maybe to discuss. But you know you have Xbox, PlayStation, and then then you have the Nintendo GameCube, and I think that was the first, uh, maybe the first generation where a Nintendo ca- you know quote unquote came in last, in terms of like overall sales. And I, I know at the end of the day, as a business, like you you want to sell more. You know they always call them widgets. You want to sell more widgets. Um, and revenue and profit margins are definitely, a, that's a lot more important than, oh, hey, you know, Xbox edged us out, but it was just a really bleak and shocking, you know, time. Um, cause you know, Zelda, what you could always kind of hang your hat on like, oh, everybody loves this game. It's awesome. It kind of, you know, you, you might not even like Nintendo games, but you're going to like the Legend of Zelda. It's just a great game, but the art style just put some people off, um, Yeah, so in terms of the art direction, here's what's refreshing. So at the time, it was bleak. Oh my god, you had a GameCube, you know. (laughs) You were uh, basically trying to defend it, (laughs) you know, on the schoolyard, so to speak. And you're like, no, the gameplay is awesome. I know Link's head is the size of a watermelon, and that is okay. Um, But the positive thing to kind of come out of all of this is the further you become removed from something, you can sometimes analyze things a little bit more objectively, because you're missing the context. So, you know, the whole point of this podcast is to kind of add some of that context, you know, back into it. So hey, you know, why was Wind Waker's art direction so frowned upon when it came out? Now, when you look back on it, like people don't remember that tech demo people don't remember you know nintendo struggling to sell hardware units it's just it hasn't been like that with the switch for the last five plus years right Uh, you're just used to them dominating in every game they release it sells 30 million copies now so it's a completely different area so the the downside is, is you miss a lot of context looking back on the history of the wind waker the good news is, is when you remove that context and you can kind of think back on the actual game itself and people new to the series, you know, guess what? Somebody new to the franchise starts out with Breath of the Wild. And while the art direction, like the, the characters look more, you know, realistic, like Link has like a normal body type and a normal sized head, it's basically cel-shaded. Like it's it's essentially, you know, that cartoony style that everybody was so afraid of for some reason. Uh, Skyward Sword kind of kicked that back off with that that more uh, colorful art, art direction. But, you know, you buy a Nintendo switch and, you know, there's a kid now is 10 who picked, you know, they, they're playing the new Zelda, the newest Zelda that's out. They're used to that. They don't even like think about any of this. So I feel like that little chunk of history has just been kind of lost to, you know, the, the, <laughs> the ever-changing technological times, um, of the, of the video game industry. So, it's good to see, so, you know, now, like, looking back, uh, how is Wind Waker viewed now? Um, One of the craziest things that I have seen, not only on message boards, you know, GameFAQs, Reddit, Twitter, I don't go on Twitter too much, but, you know, wherever you basically go to discuss these types of games now, the most shocking thing that has come out of all of this for me, having, you know, experienced it, lived through it, you know, started with the original Zelda, you know, played all of them since, is how well the Wind Waker is received now. That has been the most shocking because I just recall, you know, at the time when Nintendo was trying to get people to buy into this game just to play it like, hey, if you play it, you know, we'll we'll do a lot of things to get you to play this game. But if you play it, we know you're going to love it (laughs) because everyone was turned off by the art style versus people argue that the wind waker now is the best video, the best Zelda game uh, ever. Like that's their favorite one. It's really interesting kind of seeing that because that was not even up for debate at the time. It was, you know, Ocarina of time or bust and it's really nice kind of seeing the franchise grow. And now I I would say if you're going to debate, which Zelda game is the best, I think you're arguing between a few titles at this point personally, but it's been very refreshing To see how everybody now, and it definitely feels like the majority lauds the graphics as one of like the key points. Like this game has just aged extremely well in terms of like the three D Zeldas, and that's been really refreshing and nice to see. It's actually it's really great to you know, go on a message board and see people saying, this is my favorite game, the art direction, this game's gorgeous, because it really is. It was an absolutely beautiful game. And this was the era, the generation of, like, particle effects. Because, um, you know, you play some of the 64 games, some of the PlayStation games, you might have some particle effects, like Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. You throw one of those uh, grenades where all the lights, you know, they're floating around, like, that looks cool. Um, but with The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker... You know, that was like a, a key thing. You know, you're you're going to the uh, the Deku tree, spoiler alert. Um, I'm joking, by the way. Uh, if you're listening to a podcast about the gaming industry and old games, uh, I do apologize about the spoilers. Maybe I'll mark it in the description, but <laughs> I'm just going to talk freely about it. But you just see like all the particles and like fairies like floating around the environment. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and not only were like the, the colors and the ocean was beautiful, All of the designs were absolutely awesome. I love the Ganondorf design. I think it looks great. I I love the fire effect. I love the, you know, you kill a boss and they start exploding. Um, It had, like, the swirls. Uh, I just thought all of the effects were great. Like, the smoke effects and everything like that. The designs of uh, Ganondorf's bad guys, the the Moblins, I think they're called. I I might be getting that wrong. Uh, But everything just looked so interesting, you know. I know the ocean was huge um, and very blue, <laughs> and there was a lot of it. Uh, and, you know, you could kind of maybe argue there was maybe too much open space in the Wind Waker with the uh, sp- the uh, speed level uh, of sailing. But saying all that, it was just, even playing it at the time, I was like, this game just looks great. Like, I think the art style is awesome. The game ends on a bang, so if you thought it was like a kiddie or a childish game... Um, you know, <laughs> you have an awesome duel, which I won't spoil. That uh, you know, with Ganondorf, which ends in an absolutely crazy way, and you're just like, "Oh my god, holy smokes!" Um, but it, it's really refreshing to see the Wind Waker get what it deserves, and it deserves to be considered, you know, you know, one of the greatest games of all time, uh, arguably and definitely one of the greatest Zelda games of all time. Um, I, you know, one thing I, I remember at the time too. Was if you pre-ordered the if you pre-ordered Wind Waker on your GameCube, you got which? Look in here. It looks like I still have my copy of it on my shelf there. Uh, it, you got Ocarina of Time and then Ocarina of Time Master Quest. So Ma- Master Quest. It was basically like a a revamped and more difficult version of Ocarina of Time. So you go into a dungeon and it's just like all crazy and backwards and looks different. Um, but that was a pre- that was pre order content. Like that, this, you don't see that anymore. Like uh, there was a lot of cool things that Nintendo did during the GameCube that uh, they don't give away games anymore. Um, <laughs> but you basically got like two games on a GameCube disc. And, man, I I can't tell you how many times I played Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on the GameCube. It was absolutely awesome. And I even liked it with the controller, like, as opposed to the 64 controller. Um, But saying all of that, they were really trying to sell this game. So, for that to be, like, a pre-order disc that you got, (laughs) because... Okay, fun story. I pre-ordered... Wind Waker at the time, and I can't remember if I was working at a pizza shop then or if it was before that, but I know I didn't have a lot of money. So you could go to GameStop, you could pay 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it was, and you would get like the pre-order disc and everything like that. So I actually got uh, the pre-order disc, which I think launched before, I want to say, Wind Waker, from what I believe. And I had to pick up Wind Waker another time. I, I didn't have enough uh, money to <laughs> finish paying for Wind Waker. <laughs> So I had to wait. I think I actually borrowed a copy from a friend when he finished it. He beat it an entire weekend. That was hilarious. Like, I don't I don't know if everyone remembers AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, that might be another thing that just makes, you know, some people listening feel really old and other people say, what the heck are you talking about? Uh, but it was an Instant Messenger platform. And I just remember he was gone for a weekend. I, I don't know where he went. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I talked to him at Monday or I see him at school on Monday and uh he's just like, I beat I beat Zelda. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, Yeah, I I like beat it twice. I'm like, okay. Like he just blacked out for three days and you know, absolutely crushed it. But yeah, so uh to, to back up there, the pre-order disc, I mean that's just like two amazing games, the best selling Zelda game of all time at the time. Um and you know, that was like, hey, pre-order this game and we'll give you something absolutely incredible. So Nintendo really attempted to showcase the game in multiple ways and, you know, offer incentives to get people to purchase it. Because at the end of the day, if you play Wind Waker, it's still a solid Zelda game. Like, it's absolutely awesome. Like, you can play it and you're like, yep, this is pretty sweet. You might have some quirks uh, that you might not like or, you know, Sailing, which they've updated with the HD remaster, which made the game look even, you know, better. It was. It's kind of crazy seeing how, like, bright it is and, like, pretty it looks on the HD version. But it's just really refreshing to see Wind Waker kind of get its due, and you know have that positive reception not only with the community and the fans, but critically as well. Um, there, there were even some critics, you know, at the at, you know in retrospect, they look back and like, ah, eh, maybe I was like a little too hard on it. Maybe I you know analyzed it because when you look back at the video game industry, and I feel like this is pretty unique. Uh, to our industry more so um, than even the movie industry. And hear me out here. Developers and publishers are kind of held to, and, and PC is huge now, so not so much, but you know, at the time they were held to what the capabilities were of the hardware at the time. And you can have like the absolute best hardware, you know, you got your GameCube and Xbox, you know, arguing, or you could take a look at PC, like a super high-end PC at the time. And you were only capable of producing graphics that could do so much. So at the time, and this continues to you know be a revolving cycle. I feel like it's every you know few years you're just like, look at these graphics, look at these graphics. Um, so I don't buy into you know graphical styles too much. Uh, it's not like a negative unless like the game just looks like terrible or the gameplay is affected somehow by how bad the graphics are. Um, but. When you look back at The Wind Waker, you look back at graphics, you know, the graphics, when you look back at graphics of video games, it can have a negative impact on how the game was viewed because you could have like an absolutely terrible camera and the game just didn't age well and it's difficult to play, you know, but at the time you could have been like, or the, the, the feeling could have been like, oh my gosh, look at this game. It's in 3D. Holy smokes. Now you might look back at you know the 64 and PlayStation One era and be like, well, when you take a look at the Super Nintendo, and how those games looked, and then you take a look, you know, now it's in this weird middle ground where they were first able to you know create 3D worlds, awesome, but at what cost? You know, they were very basic looking, uh, you know, not a lot of detail in the graphics, so. My point is, when you look back at this from a retrospective uh, perspective, I guess you would say, the graphics and the art style that Nintendo chose only benefit and help age the game really well because the gameplay is solid, right? The gameplay is Zelda gameplay. It's absolutely awesome. The game's great. The story's cool. But the one issue at the time was the graphics. And now when you look back on it, that's not an issue. It's a selling point. As opposed to something that was detrimental, like a non selling point. Like, here's a, at the time, it was, here's a reason not to buy this game. Now it's like, hey, this is why this is one of the best age games of that generation. So it's been really interesting to kind of see how far um, and how different the take on the Wind Waker is. And it's really refreshing to see. I know I said refreshing like 20 times, but it's really nice to see Wind Waker kind of get its due. Um, But at the end of the day, too, there is a reason behind why, you know, the reception of the art style at the time was taken the way that it was taken. You know, you have that tech demo, you have the GameCube not selling very well, you have additional, you know, uh, competition with the Xbox coming into the marketplace as well. So there was a lot of variables there. And I think just during the time, like not only did, you know, Nintendo make, you know, Wind Waker, but there was a lot of great games on the GameCube during that era that I think people not necessarily forget about, but they overlook. Like when you look at like how good was the Nintendo GameCube pound for pound, uh, I think it's viewed higher now than it was at the time. I think it's like the library is viewed better. A lot of people like, you know, Mario, Zelda, uh, Metroid Prime, holy smokes, Metroid Prime. Um, But a, a lot of these games where... You know, they might have been overlooked because of the situation that Nintendo was in at the time. Even from a company perspective, it's a much different time than it is now. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, The Wind Waker, it's, you know, so interesting to see the complete 180 of the game industry critically and just from the regular fans. Um, But I, I think it was important to kind of talk about the context as to not only why, but how different it went from being a game where the art style was loathed to now where it's loved. So that'll wrap up uh, this episode, kind of focusing on The Wind Waker and the art direction. Uh, I am your host, Big Reed, and this was another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories, and I look forward to talking to you guys again.